I'm Tony Red, and welcome to The Red Room, unsung musicians behind the headline legends. These are the guys that hold down the fort, so to speak, the foundation of some of the biggest iconic artists on the planet. My special guest, drummer, extraordinaire, musician, producer, engineer, Melly Melvin Baldwin. Welcome, Millie, Millie Baldwin. What's going on, Melvin? Hey, not much. How are you, Tony Red? I'm so happy to be here. So happy that you decided to do my show. Now, you know, this show is about unsung musicians behind the headline legends. And you guys are, in my opinion, musical heroes yourselves because you are like the foundation that holds these artists down. People don't know what the, uh, the extremes that you go to backstage and on stage to make them look good and make them happen. And so, you know, you all deserve uh, applause and accolades as well. And that's why, you know, I ask you to interview with me. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, thank you so much for asking. And uh, it's my pleasure. Yeah. Okay. So, like, you started out. Now, I know you graduated Bachelor of Science degree, Marketing and Management, University of Alabama, but in reading your bio, I don't remember saying, like, how did you initially start out? Like, high school, did you play drums in church? What made you, you know, go through such, uh, you know, great education to playing drums? You know, but being, being successful at it, but how did that, how did that all come about? Yeah, I started playing drums when I was really young. Um, and I played in, um, I just basically got a drum set for Christmas and, and started playing drums. And then eventually I went into my junior high uh, program and middle school program when we relocated to Alabama. And then high school and college, you know, the rest is history as far as, you know, how, how that how that went down, you know. But that's, that's how it started. It just started with a drum set for Christmas and you know then then went farther you know yeah well that uh, apparently and clearly that that was your destiny okay so man your your um your musical journey has been so impressive. I mean, you've played with the iconic Shaka Khan, you play Johnny Gill, Eric Benet, New Edition, Drake, Molly Cyrus, After Seven, Charlie Wilson, Ludacris, Layla Hathaway, Fred Hammond, Justin Bieber, Usher, Big Sean, the, the list goes on and on and on. Okay, so my question to you, what do you think is uh, stands out about your style of playing or you know, your stage presence, your your gift that makes you the it guy, because everybody calls you, you're booked and busy. Well, through the years, uh, it's just been, you know, one thing that really solidified my plan, and that was really groove in the pocket, you know, just in, in honoring the song, you know, and uh, that's my, my main quest when I'm playing is, you know, you hear the song, you play the song, learn yeah, learn the song, play the song, and uh, that keeps you working. And when you can do that, you can work, you know, forever. And not not to uh, say that you know chops and chops aren't aren't important, but when you can play a song and um, maintain the pocket and and groove in the, uh, um, I guess main maintain the. Uh, integrity of the song 
each performance and uh, for each artist, that is the most important thing to me. And you know what? You're true. That's true because, and I can attest to it because you have been on stage with me as well. And you know, an artist, artist like me, I don't need a drum clinic behind me. You can have amazing chops, but if you're back there playing every lick in your repertoire, I'm going to be not too happy with your playing. It doesn't matter who you played with, how many years you've been playing, you have to know, like you say, play for the song and for the particular style of the artist. And see, that right there, that's why you're the it guy. That's why everybody calls you. <laughs> oh. You said that. I don't know if I'm the it guy. I don't know if I'm that guy that everybody calls, but I've been blessed to play for a lot of different artists and, uh, you know, take the stage with, you know, Man, so many different artists that, you know, whether it be, you know, one show, uh, a few shows or, you know, a world tour. So I've been, I've been really blessed. And of course, I've been super blessed to play behind you, Tony. Oh, well, you know, you didn't have to say that, but that's so kind. But you know what? You don't have to say it, but see, I'm going to say it. You are the it guy because, uh, if people only knew, um, you know, your resume and all the years of experience and all the great things you've done, they would know, you know, it is what it is. Like Saturday Night Live, I remember turning on Saturday Night Live, I did not know you were going to be on there with uh, Dion Ferris, and I was like, look at Millie go. I was so proud, you know, you've been on the Trumpet Awards, David Letterman, played at the American Music Awards. How was that? How did you feel when you're on that big stage? Because that's one of the biggest stages, that and the Grammys. The American Music Awards. How did you feel, you know, being on stage? I mean, t tell me about that experience. Oh, that was, it, it was awesome. I mean, and, uh, you know, you reflect on things like that. Of course, the day that you're doing it, everything is moving so fast that it almost gets past you. But, um, you know, there is that moment right before the performance, you know, any performance where you feel that, that, that energy, that, that nervous energy. And, and when I say that nervous energy, if, 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 if a person, musician, artist, never, if they tell you they don't get that energy, you know, before performance, then they don't need to be on stage because they've fallen out of love with performance. But that nervous energy, like, you know, just before the, you know, the, the announcement is made for that artist or the curtain drops, that's, that's the greatest feeling in the world. I mean, because you, in your mind, you're like, hey, we're about to do this thing right here. But the, uh, American Music Awards, that was amazing. It was an amazing, um, time. You know, a, amazing song that we performed and, you know, great artists that would, that happened to be with Justin Bieber. And, um, it was just, uh, a really great performance. Uh, almost, uh, I mean, pretty much a flawless performance. Yeah, and I'm sure you added to the flawlessness of that performance because, you know, you are the man. Okay, so now, the, you know, the industry can be up and down. It can be very unstable at times. And, you know, you went on to get a great education. Um, and even though you have been so successful, very successful, how did your family feel about the decision for you to become a full-time musician? Were they happy about it? Were they like, I don't know about this, Melly? Tell me about that. Well, they were extremely happy about it. They were, I mean, you know, um, even though I had finished school and I was working in my major for seven years, I was still playing music every every chance I could. Basically, you know, about five nights a week, I was still playing music. And 
when uh, the opportunity came to do my first world tour, everybody was like, hey, you gotta go. This is what you've been groomed for. This is what you were born to do. And, um, you know, not, there was nothing but support. And, uh, you know, like I said, just those cheers and those, those, uh, uh, words of encouragement. No, nobody in my family or friends said, hey, I think you should not do that. You know, everybody was supportive and it was, it, it, you know, it made that step even easier when you know you have the support of your family, friends, and everyone around you. Neighbors, it doesn't even matter. Everybody was like, hey, go do that. That is so awesome, man. That that's that's awesome. That's what families are supposed to do: be there for support. Okay, now when you were out there on some of those major tours, did you feel like people tried uh, started treating you differently, or what, what? What was the reaction after you know doing all all that fabulous stuff? You know, with all the greatest artists. I guess, um, of course, people started treating you a little bit differently because. Um, I guess your level of, I guess, notoriety, you know, is a little bit higher and you, you, you kind of get treated, you know, like you're a celebrity, which, you know, you know me, Tony. I'm yes. not that guy. You no, know, you're I'd not. Rather be, I'd rather be low key and just be me. And, uh, other than that, uh, I haven't really met with anything negative. Um, you know, throughout my career. And I think the reason being is because I've always kept a level head about it and just saw it as, hey, this is a blessing given to me from God and I'm going to do this job and, and you know, I'm not going to let, you know, my head swell and start looking down on people like I'm a celebrity. So I think that yeah, is the main factor why, you know, people didn't treat me any different because I didn't treat them any different. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you said a mouthful. That's that's awesome, man. That's a good way to look at it and a good way to be. Okay, so now you've also played with some great um, gospel artists, like one of my favorites, Fred Hammond, the Edwin Hawkins singers. Is it like a is it like a difference or a real big difference playing with like a gospel artist, pop, um, you know, the difference between pop and R&B? Of all of them, like pretty much the same. How do you feel about that? Though, I mean, to me, I I try to treat every gig and every you know situation the same. You know, uh, like I said, just you know honoring the music and uh, you know you being respectful to the music and the artists, of course, and each genre. You know, whether it be gospel, jazz, country and western rap. You know, it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, if you if you respectful to the music and the artists, then, you know, everything's going to usually work out well. Those particular, uh, you mentioned uh, Edwin Hawkins and, and Fred Ham, those were, I think, I know for a work, workshops. Um, hello? I'm here. Okay, I thought I heard something hang up. Uh, those were workshops, so those were, you know, kind of uh, different settings. Um, not necessarily, you know, stage shows and, and or tours. So it, you really get to understand how these artists work, um, and, um, what they look for out of, you know, what they're trying to achieve from 
the, the choirs for these workshops and or the musicians. So that was more of a, a early on learning situation about how to approach different things and how to approach. And that was, those were good uh, tools for me to move forward in these other endeavors where there were, you know, tours and, 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 um, you know, world tours, you know, U.S. tours and things like that. So. Cool. Okay, so, you know, one of my favorite groups, R&B groups of all time, is New Edition, like like most of the world. Okay, so how, how was it playing, um, how is it playing with them? Because you, you, you play with all of them, Hansel State, Bobby Brown, Johnny Gill. And I just saw you a couple of uh, weeks ago, you posted something on uh, one of your social media sites, and you were playing with Bobby. How is Bobby? And how is the whole New Edition? It's like more of a family type thing. How is that for you? Well, it. It absolutely is a big family. Um, new addition, you know, comprised of, you know, the six of them, you know. Um, you know, uh, playing with Bobby is a, a great uh, experience. I mean, you know, it's, Bobby is, is a great guy, uh, despite what people might think, you know, uh, about uh, Bobby and how, how, you know, the media displays him or whatever I mean he's a great guy he's a great person to work with and uh, very easy going and uh, you know uh, I can't say enough about him you know give you the shirt off his back he's a uh, he's great he's a great individual um, you know playing his show is 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 full of energy I mean it's uh, let's see uh, you could, it's almost an R&B rock show. I mean, he loves for it to go hard. He loves for it to bang. And um, he just likes the intensity of everything pushing forward and, and you know, just the music just, just really banging, you know. Uh, playing with Johnny, same thing. He loves the energy. Um, you know, of course, the majority of his songs are ballads, you know, mid-tempo to ballads. I mean, he's you know, got some great up tempo songs, Fair Weather Friends, you know, Rub You the Right Way and things like that. But of course, you know, when you hear My 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 and uh, There You Go, those those mid tempo ballads, you know, that's what that's his signature. And um, you know, playing with him is a pleasure as well. He's more he's more intimate with his audience. So and dynamically we're we're we play with a, a you know, quite a bit more dynamics with Johnny. Just uh, to play with Ralph uh, is pretty much the same as Johnny, you know, really dynamic, um, you know, Mr. Sensitivity. You know. One of my favorite songs, I love that song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, he, and one of mine as well, you know, the, the groove on that is undeniable. Yes, and, it uh, is. You know, he's had some, some great... Um, you know, great hits, and um, you know everything is very groove based on um, Ralph's show. Nah. Uh, it's all about that. You know, it's it's smooth. You know, he's he's so smooth. So everything is smooth, and, and you know, not not rocked out. You know, mm -hmm. and not not dragging. You know, and nothing right. like that. But just smooth, and um, really, you know, you have to the music takes on his personality and vice versa, you know, he's taking on the personality of the music. Right. You know, but, and, and last but not least,
released the other three of Bill 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 They're all magic by themselves, but when they all come together, boy, you, uh, you 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 know you just can't top that. Okay, now so you know I know you're you're busy and booked and all that good stuff, and um, you you're a father, you're a husband, you're an engineer, a producer, a songwriter as well. Now you have to do a lot of juggling. How do you maneuver through all of that, like being on the road and, you know, doing session work and going out touring? And, and, and you also have your own thing on the side of the group that you play with. Tell me, how, 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 do, you do, how do you handle all of that? Well. <laughs> it's a major juggling act, I know. Yeah, it is. But it's, uh, you know, I think that goes all back, it goes really back to school. And it's just it's scheduling and, you know, just, just you know, making sure you stay on schedule, writing things down. I mean, it's, it's a word, you know, you know, putting them in your phone, making sure you, you know, you stay, keep your calendar updated and things like that. Uh, using the tools that you have um, and the technology that we have now, I mean, really, truly, if, if everybody takes advantage of the technology that we have at our disposal, everybody, you know, can do a plethora of things and stay on, stay focused and on track. But the, of course, the hardest thing is, you know, uh, is balancing, you know, work with with family time and stuff like that. And you just have to remember uh, when you're home, you're home, and, and when you're at work, you're at work. I mean, and, you know, it it's been that way since I met my wife. Uh, I've I've worked hard. Even in college, I was gigging a lot, so she knows nothing different. Right. Our sons know nothing different. Yes. I mean, I've been, been, you know, gigging hard, working hard ever since they, you know, been born. So they don't know anything other than that. And I got that from my, my mom and my dad, you know. So, um, like I said, it's been passed down. And, uh, you know, but it is, you know... A juggling act, but it's a juggling act I love to do because, you know, you can balance the whole thing. And, um, you know, I talk to younger musicians about how to do it, go about it. And, you know, when it's time for downtime, make sure you honor that and enjoy it. But when it's time to work, work, be a man of your word, a man or woman of your word, you know, show up on time, ready to go, prepared. And, uh, like I said, just taking advantage of technology to keep you 
schedule and, and knowing, you know, where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be. Yeah. That's half the battle. Yeah, you know? well, I tell you what, that is some great advice. Y'all who listening, take heed because this man is a, a great example of success. And he somehow has found the formula in his own right. And, um, okay, so now I've been in the studio with you, and, you know, I call you like big ears because you, you're such a great uh, producer, and you can hear all, all of this production stuff that, you know, sometimes I can't hear and, and thank God for you. But <laughs> is it hard for you, like, like, say you're asked to do a session with somebody, how do you, like, not put on your producer ears when you feel like they shouldn't have done it that way? How do you, how do you handle that? Well, I mean, you know, I think, Part of the reason you get calls is that you have, you can offer not only just drums, you know, your, your, what you've been called, but you can also offer an opinion about things that, that help a song. You know, a lot of times, uh, you know, I come in to play a song, it doesn't need any help. But when there is a, a moment to say, hey, you know, why don't we approach it this the original way, but why don't we approach it this way, you know, A, B, and C, and and give options. I mean, people appreciate it. I mean, as long as you do it the right way, uh, if you walk in there with that know-it-all approach, like, yeah, this is this this will never work, or this is this is this is horrible, or anything like that. I mean, that's that's rubbing people the wrong way. I mean, there's a way to do everything, you know. But if you if you approach it with a positive uh you know and, you know mentality and, and and the positive spirit to help and not tear down people appreciate it and you know lo and behold it might your way might work or it might just be the original the way the you know the track was that really works after you put the orchestration with it you know but it's all about approach right you know how you approach you know, the artist or whoever's producing and say, you know, you know, this is great, but I think it could be better if it's this way. Or like I said, just play the song. It might, it might be great already. So, you know, <laughs> sometimes just sit down and shut up and play. And, you know? and, and, and seems like you've also mastered diplomacy. That's very diplomatic. You know how to maneuver, you know, in, in any situation, which makes you a very well-rounded musician. And that's why you are the it guy. The more we converse, the more I get it. <laughs> yeah, well, I think diplomacy is 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 very much the key, you know, to you know dealing with people, you know, musicians, artists, people in general. I mean, you know, just basically the goal of treating everybody the way you want to be treated. Exactly. Okay, let me ask you something. Now, I know you have had to see an artist or the front person or someone in the band that's major to the to the group about to crash and burn on stage what like give me a scenario you have to call anybody's name but tell me an, uh, a situation where like a, a major artist or a major act was about to crash and burn everybody saw it coming but y'all couldn't stop it how did you handle that well those situations happen and a lot of times you, you know there's no way to, to keep it from happening, you know, because, I mean, you might be in on stage with an artist, but a lot of times an artist is, you know, when they're on stage and they're in the zone, you know, they might forget where they are, they might forget their arrangement, you know, and different things, so... I've definitely been there. 
to, you can't, you know, I mean, diplomacy, I mean, you can't really yell across the stage and say, hey, you know, you're messing up, or this, I mean, you, sometimes it's just, it turns into a, a train wreck, you know, um, but, but a uh, two-second train wreck to, to us feels like an eternity. Yes, it does. Most of the, most of the time, if, if the train wreck occurs and everybody maintains their game face, the audience never even knows. They never even know. I know. It's always going to be somebody out there that's going to know. You know, because, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, but, hey. It, but like I said, you know, what what actually happens in two seconds seems yeah. like it took 20 minutes for Yes, us, you know? yes. Yeah. That's so true. Boy, but I tell you what, looking back, some of that stuff, you laugh. Because you're like, I can't believe oh, yeah, that happened. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. After you get off stage, then everybody has to laugh. Like, yeah, everybody's laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they don't even realize it. I know. After you get off stage and you say, hey, you yeah. know, you, 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 you kind of messed up right here. Exactly. Like, oh. And then they laugh about it because they were in the zone, you know. Yeah. It's, it, hey, but that's part of, that's part of the magic. Yes, you know, it is. And the energy on stage. It's yes. Just, you know, being professional, maintaining, maintaining game face, you know, when there are, you know, mishaps in train wrecks. Exactly. You know? Regardless of what's going on, you always maintain the game face, just like you said. Okay, so, <clears throat> you know, being on the road as long as you have, and all the situations, because you've been in almost every situation, I, I believe, um, has it ever been kind of dangerous or something happened that you were sort of afraid and you're like, man, I can't believe this is happening? You ever had anything like that? Oh, definitely. I mean, um, you know, there's been a few situations. I mean, you know... Basically, you, you you know traveling internationally. I mean, you know, there's always that threat threat of danger. You know, in certain countries. And yes, like exactly. That. We've we've had we've had uh, crew members and and different members of our traveling party. You know, uh, mugged and the, the whole nine. That's and thank God that's never happened to me. Wow. Um, knock on some wood. Yes. You know, um, but. Um, yeah, just situations like walking in um, uh, an office and you might see somebody doing some illegal drugs or something. Yeah. You know, uh, something that you know, it, you know that, that that you know old school days. I mean, oh yeah, you know, that was really commonplace. Yes, like, it was. You know, I mean, I mean, let's just be real. You know, they talk about you know back in the day, all the arts were you know shooting hair. And, Hair, uh, heroin, uh, uh, doing lines of coke and stuff like that. Nowadays, you don't see that that much. But, but you know, you happen to walk in an office and see somebody, you know, snoring the line of coke. That's uh, yeah, yeah, that could take you know, make you step back and say, oh my bad. And then I walk in the wrong office and you know, turn them right around real fast. Exactly. I mean, you know, that's an eye opener right there. Yes, like, it is. You know, you, you, back in the day, that was commonplace, you know, mm -hmm. uh, when, you know, they talked about people shooting up and, and snoring coke and, and even, you know, foregoing, getting paid in lieu of drugs. I mean, but nowadays, I mean, you know, of course, you know, people smoke, uh, smoke some weed and things like that, but as far as, you know, snoring coke and things like that, you know, those things, uh, you make you step back a little bit, you know, and I, I think that was, you know, 
one of the most memorable memorable things in, in my mind, you know, seeing somebody in these, you know, common times, you know, doing it. And I know it exists, but, you know, just, you know, blatantly in an office or something like that, you know. Yeah. Yes, well, that's true. And, you know, uh, I've had some scary stories. Uh, a lot of things have happened to me being in this business out on the road for such a long time, but those stories are for another day. <laughs> but, uh, oh, okay, man, so like, that's yeah. Your interview. Yeah, yeah, I know that's the truth. So, what's next for you? I mean, what's on your horizon? What's coming up? What can we, like, all get excited about? I know I'm, I'm in the studio with you coming up uh, shortly, but what else is going on, you know, in your uh, musical uh, world that we can all get excited about it? Because you have a lot of people that. Uh, follow you, watch you, love what you do. So just let us know. Well, as you um, as you mentioned, I mean, you know, I'm in the studio a lot. So hopefully this year or early next year, I'll drop a full project of my own. If not a full project, an EP. You know, it's something that I've been playing around with for years and years and years. It's about time. That's amazing. Yeah, people keep saying, hey, man, you know, when are you going to do it, you know? And every time, you know, I kind of get, you know, put it on the back burner. But right. uh, I'm really going to try to get that out, you know, by the end of the year or early next year. And, um, you know, new music from Tony Ray. I know, that's know, right. New, new <laughs> music from uh, a few other artists that I'm working with. Okay. And mainly uh, my band, you mentioned uh, my band before, yes. three, three, five, three, five Human. We're going to be playing more shows this year and uh, uh, putting out new music as well. We've already been working on a few different tunes. I don't know if we're going to do a full-blown album um, or record this year. It might. We might just drop a few singles, mm -hmm. but that's the goal. And we're pick, picking up a new book and agent, you know, this year and trying to, uh, you know, book more live shows because that's, that's our thing. We uh, haven't been playing live um, as much as we wanted to. And, of course, we, you know, the last few years, nobody has. But right. we're looking to get back out there and, uh, you know, rocking you guys a little bit more. You know, 3-5-Hill. 3-5-Hill. But I tell you what, we are definitely excited and we'll be waiting on, you know, great music from you guys. And um, so now tell tell everybody where they can see you in the social media universe. What are your, some of your handles? What you know? What are you on and social media wise? Well, I'm just on one as of right now, and that is Instagram, and uh, that's Melly on Drums um, at Instagram, M E L L Y O N D R U M S, Melly on Drums. Yeah, you know, and um, not on Facebook or any other, you know, social platform. Yeah. You know, you, you, you know me too. Yeah, you. but trust me, you don't need to be. <laughs> but, you know, Melly, thank you so much for being my special guest. This was so great. And so all of your fans and followers and people that love and appreciate what you do, you know, I, I can't wait for them to hear this interview. I appreciate you, you know, taking time out of your busy schedule for me. And, you know, until next time, I will see you later. Tony, the pleasure was all mine. Thank you awesome. for having me. You're welcome. And remember, a day without music is unnecessary.